Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. First of all, I wanted to uh, just say a word to you quickly um, because our church picnic is coming up this weekend. If you haven't signed up, man, I'd love for you to because we do need to order that food. And uh, so just as a quick way of reminder. But then because I'm in the celebration spirit, I wanted to say thank you on behalf of my entire family for those of you who came and helped us celebrate the wedding of our precious daughter, Sarah. Man, it just meant so much. And thank you to each and every person who stayed after and helped us move tables and clean and do all the things, take out trash. Man, I'm just so appreciative of the way that you loved my family. Um, I want to say something to you at the beginning of this message because I think you need to hear this from me. I'm going to address the topic of motherhood. And I know that, that in this room, there are some whom this is a very sensitive subject. And so the intent of my heart is not to make you feel worse. Uh, the intent of my heart is to encourage you to consider how we can reach mothers. And uh, so I, I want you to know that, that if, if anything is, is said or anything directed and it, and it pricks your heart because maybe you've lost a child or uh, you have had difficulty conceiving or there's so many other different things that have happened. Man, my heart is not to uh, to make you feel worse or to shame you or to do anything. My heart is is to just teach the Scripture and help us reach moms. And I think we all can reach mothers around us. Uh, and so I just want you to know that I, I know that you are here today and I wanted to, to share that with you. But just saying those words, Mother's Day, can can do a whole lot of things in our minds, right? For some, the words Mother's Day, we think of the words uh, Mayberry. Uh, you know, the Andy Griffith Show back in Mayberry, and where life is really simple and uh, everyone lives happily ever after. When I say the words Mother's Day, some it can bring to mind a home with a neatly mowed yard, a white picket fence, and everybody's out in the front yard having a picnic together. When I say Mother's Day, some of us think back to a time and a, and a day when everybody dressed up to the hilt on Sunday morning and they walked uh, to a white frame church on the corner of a tranquil, calm, and lovely little street. However, what I've found that in the day that we live in, that Mother's Day seems to conjure up less Mayberry and more mayhem. God's plan for the home has never changed. God's ideal is still for one man, for one woman, for one lifetime. While there are several in our congregation and those listening to me online and by way of radio today, you've had the unfortunate, tragic experience of a divorce. We don't hate you, we love you, and we know there are thousands of reasons why that's happened. We pray that you found God's grace because we want to give it to you. But the Bible is clear. That that's not his ideal. The Bible is also clear that being one or intimate with somebody outside of the bonds of marriage is a sin. God's idea is still for the man to be the provider, the protector, and the priest and prophet over the home. 
God's plan is still for the mother to nest and nurture her children. However, much of that has changed in our modern world. The family, the ideal family should consist of a father and a mother who pray and play with their children. But today, the reality is much different. What I want to challenge you with is that the church must not close its eyes to what's really happening in our world. There's not an ice cream shop on every corner in modern-day America. There are not happy faces everywhere we turn. Many of our families don't live in a castle located somewhere on a cloud. Most of us live in a world where dreams have been dashed and hopes have died. Most mothers are struggling just to keep things going. Most mothers have to work just to put food on the table. Many churches tend to ignore the challenges that many mothers have. Many homes, a father is absent. But I would quickly tell you, sometimes that's not his fault. He would sure like to be there. Sometimes there are circumstances that prevent him to be, but no matter. I want to remind you that we're trying to exist as a church for those who need that place to belong. A place where as a mom, somebody will come alongside of you and walk with you and not give up on you. I would venture to say that in our modern society, many of the real heroes are those moms who are being both mom and dad. Some, some moms are working two jobs while still going to ball games. Some moms are working two jobs, still cleaning the house and even repairing the house while yet trying to keep their kids in church. For some, this day for moms is a really difficult day, not because of emotion, just because of pure energy. They're like, today is the day I got to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> there are a lot of moms in the Bible that we could hold up, though, in our conversation about Mother's Day. We have, of course, the, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. What a mom, right? Wow, what a girl. Then as we preached through the book of Ruth several months ago, you remember there was Ruth and Naomi. There, there's some great moms. There's this woman in the, in the Bible that's named uh, one of my daughters, and she's here today. Her name is Hannah. Hannah was a great mom. Then I guess I have to say this. I mean, we kind of have to throw out the big one, right? The mother of Jesus. That, that's kind of a quality mom there, right? Mary, we got to mention her. I think Mary kind of qualifies as an ideal mom. But, but, but man, I think that there's probably one person that maybe many of us wouldn't look at, but I want to elevate her today because I think she's a picture of the modern day mom. And her name is Hagar. Probably won't hear many Mother's Day messages on Hagar. But Hagar teaches us a lot about overcoming, especially as a single mom. Hagar was very, very attractive. She was a beautiful woman. She was young. She was hardworking. But Hagar got pregnant before she was ready. And then her husband abandoned her and her son. She lost her job. She had no friends, and her family was a long way away. But God came to her side and came to her rescue. And Hagar's story tells us about how to overcome as a modern-day mom. So I wonder if you would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. 
Genesis chapter 21, beginning in verse 14. And I wonder, again, would you stand for the reading of God's Word as we honor that God is speaking. Genesis chapter 21, beginning in verse 14. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. And putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went away and sat down opposite him, about a bow shot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. She sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter with you, Hagar? Don't fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God was with the lad, and he grew. And he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. You may be seated, and may God bless his word. I'm going to tell you just a quick backdrop. Abraham's been promised to have some, some, some children, and God's going to make him this great nation. He's going to have all these descendants, but Abraham gets a little crazy. And so he takes one of the people that's kind of in this group of women that kind of live around him, and he kind of says, hey, Sarah, you can't, his wife, you can't have children, so maybe we ought to turn to her. That's how maybe God wants to, to fulfill this promise to me. But that's not what God had said. And so Abraham kind of hooks up, if you will, with Hagar, and she becomes pregnant. But that's not the promise. That's not how God said it was going to happen. And that's where we find ourselves here. Then, then Sarah kind of gets sideways. <laughs> She's like, what's going on with this? And there's a lot of heated tension going on. And so Abraham's like, okay, I guess I got to kick her out. <laughs> that's where we picked up today. But, but I want you to look at Hagar because she teaches us about the, the plight of the, the modern woman. You see, here, here's that first thing. man. I want you to see the plight of many modern mothers. Genesis chapter 21, verses 14 through 16, if you go back there, Abraham, he gets up early and he takes some bread and the skin of water and he gives them to Hagar. He puts them on her shoulder. He give, give her to the boy and he says, hey, you guys got to get out of here. And she goes about wandering in the wilderness. And then when the water, they're in the desert, so this is incredibly important. When the water and the skin was used up, there's nothing left to do but to die. And so she puts the boy under one of the bushes, and then she goes and sits opposite him, and she doesn't want to watch her son die. And she sits opposite him in verse 16 and lifted up her voice and wept. Can you imagine? See, first of all, I want you to see this, that, man, mothers are hurting. Modern-day mothers are hurting. Hagar was a victim, and there's so many mothers in our culture that are the victim. Her fate was not her fault. 
It was a result of Abraham's own impatience and his manipulation to try to control the things of God. How many women have been there? Some man to use spiritual reasons to abuse her. It was a result of his refusal to believe God. And so he sent Hagar and their young son away. We, we see much hurting there. Abraham was not really a bad man. I mean, he'd made some mistakes. He got into some situations and had to make some hard choices. He loved this son whose name is Ishmael. He loved him. There was no real joy in his heart about what was going on, but the Bible says that he sent her away. Can you imagine how hard it was to hear those words? You have to go. See, Hagar knows what it's like to be rejected. And so did this young boy. He loves his dad, but his dad sends him away. Can, can you see the hurt here? Hagar was now on her own. That was new to her. No one there to make decisions with her. No one to fix the car or the faucet. And the Bible tells us she's wandering in the wilderness. She has no real direction. She didn't know where she was going, and then when she got there, what she was going to do. Her purpose in life had been lost. And that's so many of our mothers today. They're hurting and they're lost. Do you see her? She's been sent away, rejected. Many modern day mothers can identify with her hurting. But then I also want you to know that mothers today are hungry. The Bible says in verse 15, when the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under the bushes. I mean, it's bad enough to be hurting, but now her own supplies have run out and they're hungry. Her resources have run dry. The emotional strain is complicated now by physical pain. And Hagar finds herself hurting like many mothers today. She is hurting without protection and she's hungry without provision. Isn't that so many people that you know? So many moms. Nobody to protect them and nobody to provide for them. They're just scraping by, hoping they don't die an early death. Moms are hurting. Moms are hungry, but then also I want you to see that mothers are hopeless. Mothers are hopeless. Verse 16, she, she, she went and she sat down opposite him about a bow shot away for she said, don't let me see the boy die. I mean, she's put the boy under a tree and went off at a distance so she doesn't have to watch the inevitability that he's going to die. She's hopeless. I mean, can anybody identify with her? Have you ever been in a situation where you've gone into the privacy of a bedroom and shut the door and sat down and sobbed because everything in your life is going to die? There's no hope. Hagar's plight is the plight of many modern-day mothers. Many are hurting. Too many know what it's like to be sent away, to be abandoned, to find themselves wandering without any direction. Their resources are gone. Their children have needs which they cannot meet. And maybe today it's not so much physical as it might be social or emotional hunger. 
especially the hunger for a, a spiritual companion who would lead them and love them like Jesus. Other modern-day mothers see themselves as hopeless. Many are at the end of the rope, even on this Mother's Day, and the only thing you want to do is just leave from here even and maybe go contemplate ending your own life. And can I tell you today, I see you. This church wants to see you. This is the plight of many modern-day mothers, and can I just encourage you, please don't give up. We continue on through Hagar's story to see what happens next. I want you to not only see the, the plight of many modern-day mothers, I want you to see the fight <laughs> of many modern-day mothers. The fight. Look in verses 17 and 18. God heard the lad crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, What's the matter, Hagar? If you're reading your Bible and you hear yourself saying that, you might be like this. What's the matter, Hagar? It's not my God. think he's a God of compassion. He says, what's the matter, Hagar? Don't fear. For God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. The thing that's hurting your heart, God's heard that. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Here's what I want you to see, man. Mothers live on expectations. Mothers live on expectations. Do you see it there? In these verses, we see her expectation. As she sat and wept, the angel of God came to her and said, fear not. Those comforting words, that they had to give her a thread by which she could hang on. Those were like the crack in the door to opportunity. Those words were like a ray of light at the end of her tunnel. But who was this speaking to her? This is none other than Jesus Christ. This is a Christophany. In other words, this is a, a pre-incarnate before Jesus came here on earth. He existed in heaven. And Jesus shows up in his pre-incarnate form before he ever came to earth. He came and he showed up. And this is Jesus, the one who loves us. This is him there saying, I have heard what's happening. Wow. Our Lord appears many times in the Old Testament. And people are hurting and people are, are all kinds of crazy. Their lives are upside down. I mean, think about the, the three guys in the fiery furnace. Who shows up in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Who, who shows up? It's Jesus. Often see that he has a way of showing up when hope is almost gone. It's interesting that the Lord, though, did you see it there? That This is interesting. The Lord tells her that he's heard the prayers of her son. One of the things that tugs at the heart of God is the prayers of children. Mom, can I tell you today, man, your children are praying for you. This is the fight of many mothers. What mother and what child does not want to hear these words from Jesus himself? Fear not, because God has heard your prayer. That's the expectation. She's expecting God to do something. That's how she continues to fight. But then secondly, mothers live on encouragement. Mothers live on encouragement. Verse 18, arise, lift up the lad, hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. How many mothers are fighting today to lift their kids up, right? 
And there's so much around us in our culture that strips away our pride and our incentives for our kids. So many children today feel worthless. They have no mom or dad to lift them up. All some young people ever hear around the home is how they will never amount to anything, that they're completely worthless. And so many of the kids in our culture today have heard that so much they actually believe it. We've raised a generation to where all we can seem to do is put down the kids in our culture because they're just so much in tune with things we don't know how to relate to. We don't understand their culture, so we just keep putting them down. But one of the most important things we can do is those words there, lift up the lad, lift the children up. That is the fight of many modern day mothers. How do I lift my kid up? So many children need to hear, I'm proud to be your dad. I'm so honored that I get to be your mom. We need to let them know they can do anything if they will believe and just trust in the Lord. Seek to lift the kids up. Most children are going to believe what you tell them. We see the encouragement in this ancient mother. She's building and lifting up her son. It's a fight for many of us, but look at her. Do you see her expectation? Do you see her encouragement? But then I also want you to know that mothers live on example. They live on example. The Bible says in verse 18, she lifted him up and says, hold him by the hand. Do you see that? That is, she walked with him. She showed him the way. She led by example. In my life, as I've looked at the most productive people that I know, Behind those productive people, you're going to see a mom and a dad who took them by the hand and led them by example. There they were in all sorts of circumstances and situations, but yet here she is taking him by the hand and leading him by example. You see, the fight is on for many modern moms. What an example Hagar is to all of us. We see her expectations. She's calling on God and God hears her prayers. We see her encouragement. She's lifting up her boy in the midst of a difficult situation. We see her example. She takes him by the hand and she walks with him. But but there are millions of children in America and in LaGrange even, I would say there are thousands of children who are waiting for that kind of example. We're going to be the church that reaches our modern day moms. We have to see their plight. We have to understand their fight. And lastly, we have to see the might of many modern day mothers. We have to see the might of many modern day mothers. Kind of how does that work out? I want to tell you this. Mothers need provision. Mothers need provision. Look in verse 19. Then God opened her eyes and she saw the well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. This is so awesome. God opened her eyes to see something that was already there. That's so unbelievable to me. Because when you're in the darkest of days as a mom, you can't get your eyes up off the ground, much less to see what's out there. Abraham had given her a wineskin. But God's going to provide her a well. That's my God. That's who he is. Here was a woman who was agonizing and had no apparent resources. All the while, a well was nearby. And a well was a very important thing in the desert. 
Hagar's condition expresses the spiritual state and condition of many mothers today. They're hurting and they're hungry and they feel hopeless and many are wandering without knowledge that a well of eternal life is right in front of them and his name is Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. The well had been there the entire time. She just didn't see it. And it's overlooked until God points it out. How many times when all hope seems gone, but then God opens your eyes to see something you've never seen. It's not enough that the well was close in proximity. Sometimes it's not enough just to know somebody who knows Jesus. God has to open your eyes. And oh, that God this morning would open the eyes of many moms in this room and who are listening to me right now online or maybe hear my voice on radio that that Jesus has been there the entire time for you. There are a lot of moms on Mother's Day who can testify that they would have never made it unless God opened their eyes. The fact is God has showed them a well too. But you know, there's something interesting about this well. And it would be the same for you today if you're listening to me. That when God shows you the well, there's some things you have to do. She had to go and draw the water. Nobody's going to save you. Nobody can do that for you. Nobody can give you Jesus. It's something you're going to have to receive. You're going to have to receive that yourself. And then she had to drink it, right? You're the one that's going to have to realize whether you're going to take what Jesus offers and use it for yourself. And then she had to pass that thing on to other people. And that's why Jesus would show you a well. It's not just so you can satisfy your thirst, but so that you can help other people know the same well you found water is where they can find water. In a few moments, in a very few short moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to drink from the well of eternal life. In just a few moments, we're going to stand back up together and Jeremy and them are going to come and and we're going to sing a song. And I'm just going to say today, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice who's thirsty and you're looking for something to satisfy the quenching thirst of your soul, Jesus is that well. And I want to give you an opportunity to drink. But meanwhile, moms, they need provision. But then also, mothers need a promise. Mothers need a promise. I love these words in Genesis 21, 20. God was with the lad and he grew. That's so awesome. Because she held on to God's promise that he would make him a great nation. Our Lord is always at the side of the oppressed. Do you know that? God delights in coming to rescue those who have been cast out. Did you see that? This thread is woven throughout the Bible. There was a woman at a well in Samaria who had been cast out, yet the Lord came to her rescue. There was a man in Jericho by the name of Bartimaeus who had been cast out on the side of the road, but Christ came to his rescue. There was a woman in Jerusalem about to be stoned, cast out of all society, but the Lord Jesus came to her rescue. This is a strange sense. There's a strange sense in which adversity has a way of building character. Hagar had help in raising her boy, but it was supernatural help. God was with her. Do you see that promise that that God is with 
your family. Children who have been raised by single parents, can I just challenge you today? Anybody in here has ever been raised by a single parent? Can, can I tell you something? I want you to see something uniquely special that God would may say to you. You have a distinct advantage that other people may not have. Because God is moved to help you in ways that He may not be moved to help other people. God sees you. And God knows of you. And God is looking to rescue you. Often it is the child who has known struggle and sacrifice and suffering. The child who has sat somewhere under a tree and wept. That child is the one who knows how to move forward in life. Yes, God was with the lad and he grew. And finally, I want you to see this, that mothers need persistence. Mothers need persistence. Look there in verse 21. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. God gave her the strength to go on as a single mom. And she has lasting influence upon her boy. It wasn't until the time for him to be married that she finally gives up that persistence. A single mom in touch with God can overcome any obstacle in their path. Hagar instilled love and respect and even forgiveness. Listen to this. And even forgiveness into her son to forgive his own father for abandoning them. They're saying, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, I want you to look in Genesis 25.9. Because in Genesis 25, 9, we read these words. Then his sons, that's Abraham's sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave at Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre. Here's what that tells me. Somehow, Hagar had taught her son how to forgive her, his father that he showed up at his funeral to honor him with a brother whom He hated. That's a mom's persistence. Moms, that's what you do. That's the kind of influence you have in people's lives. Moms, you're amazing. Moms, where would we be without you? To have that kind of persistence in your life. On Mother's Day, let us remember that our responsibility is to build family units. Let's thank God for the home. The home is the hope of the world. Amen. Let's be bold and frank in teaching our children that God's plan is one man for one woman for one lifetime. Let's be quick to remind our children that that any, and even ourselves as adults, that any intimate activities outside of marriage is sin before God. But yet, let us remember that there are so many hurting around us. Remember the plight of many modern-day mothers. They're hurting, they're hungry, they're hopeless. Let's take our hats off to that, that and let's really get in the trenches with them. Let's join in their expectations, their encouragement, their example. And finally, let's acknowledge the might that many mothers have. They have supernatural provision. They live by a wonderful promise and they have persistence of a lasting influence. Many on Mother's Day are like Hagar. Perhaps, perhaps you're in here the room today and you're not a single mother. Perhaps you're here and you've never known rejection. 
Perhaps you're here today and you've not even become a mother. But maybe today you're like Hagar and that you're just simply wandering through life. You have no purpose. You have no direction. You don't know where you're going and what you would do when you got there. Can I tell you today that if you will come to Jesus, He will open your eyes to show you something that you could have never dreamed of. Jesus is for you, moms. Jeremy, would you come? Team, would you come? We're going to move into a time now to where we're going to respond to what the Lord has shared. We're going to start singing here in a moment, and here's a couple of things, a couple of ways that maybe you can pray today. Maybe you want to pray for your mom. Maybe she happens to be here. <laughs> Maybe you'd love to just to put your hands on her and just pray a blessing over her. Maybe today, maybe today, you want to pray that maybe the Lord would help you become a mom. Man, we'd love to pray with you about that. We'd love to stand in that gap with you. Or maybe today you're saying, man, it's, it's hard and I am a mom and I wish somebody would pray over me. <laughs> so there might be some people around you, man, you just might want to just pray with them, pray for them. But I want you to think about this. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a male, if you're a female, if you're a boy or you're a girl, Jesus said this. He said, if you drink of what I have to give of you, you will never thirst again. For I am the water of life. If you drink of me, it springs up from inside. and It springs up eternal. Pray that in these moments, that as we begin to, to move in this time, that the Lord would open your eyes and that you would see that you are loved by Jesus. That He loves you even though you're a deep sinner. I don't have to remind you that you're a sinner, that you're separated from God. You know that. But Jesus loves you and He's done something about your sin. He's taken that to a cross. Because the wages of sin is death. And Jesus has died that death in your place. Because God so loved you that while you were in your sin, Jesus died for you. It's the only thing you need to do today, man, is to come to this well and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. In other words, I want you to tell me how to run my life. I surrender to you. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I trust that you died for me, you were buried for me, and that you were raised again to give me life. Oh Jesus, satisfy my thirst. Maybe that's what you want to pray today. I don't know what you want to pray about, but let's stand together. Let me pray and you come as the Lord leads. Holy Spirit, in a special way, would you speak, God, to everyone in this room and those listening online? Holy Spirit, would you speak a word of hope 
and of life. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.